We're talking about a praying life. And we've just been challenged a few moments ago to pray for some specific things. But you ever feel like when you hear, will you please pray for something? It's so easy to say, sure, I'll pray for that. And then you go on your way because it sounds so spiritual to say, I'll pray for you. But in reality, we go on our lives and we actually never pray for the people. Or we, when we do try to pray, we get down and we try to pray. And as we're praying, our mind begins to wonder about various things. And we struggle to bring our prayer life back. And then we wonder for a little while. And we think to ourselves, why even bother? I'm trying to pray. My mind keeps wondering. I'll just pray, God, you know what I need. And then move on. And we come to an area of a really discouragement with our prayer life. A feeling that inadequacy, like it's never enough. And if you ask anyone, myself included, are you happy with your prayer life? No, I'm incredibly, in a positive way, discontent with my prayer life. Because the more that I learn about God and His Word, the, the more that I grow in my relationship with God, What I'm discovering is that prayer doesn't necessarily become easier, but my reliance upon God becomes even more the more that I learn about Him, which requires me to spend not just more time in prayer, but to be more specific in prayer. I want to just begin planting the seed. This is a foundational message for something we're going to build upon in the future weeks as we seek to develop a praying life as individuals. And we're talking about praying like a child. In our life, we can be much like a person who's driving in a car. And if you've ever driven in a car, any of you ever driven in a car before? I think we've done it before. You sit there and you can have incredible mountains in the surrounding areas around you. But it depends on where your eyes are focused. Because you can be focused upon that dead bug that just went on the front of the windscreen. And your eyes focus on something just a few, like a a meter away from your eyes. And we see that and our eyes are focused on that. And to the people surrounding us, we appear to be looking the right direction. We appear to see absolutely everything. But what we're actually focused on is something that's just right here in front of us. And we lose perspective on the big picture of life and eternity and God's plan because we're focused upon something so close. In a similar way with our prayer life, we can become focused on the small, the immediate, the dissatisfaction, and we lose focus upon God's big picture plan all around us. That's not the way we are to live. I'm discovering in my own life, and maybe you are too in your life, is that as my relationship with God grows, so does my prayer life naturally. As my faith grows, so does my prayer life. As my understanding and love for God grows, so does my prayer life. But also, I find when everything is easy, all the bills are paid, when it's nice and warm inside, and it's cold outside, and everything is seen seemingly comfortable, that is some of the most difficult times to pray. I have no problem praying in times of difficulty. When you hear that news that no one wants to hear from the doctor, I have no problem praying. 
I have no problem getting on my knees when there's a tragedy. Our principle for today is this. And every Sunday we have a principle we seek to apply to our life. And it is this. The closer I grow to God, the more I will pray. The closer I grow to God, the more I will pray. The verse is also true. The further I grow from God, the less I will pray. I'm going to lay down a foundation in regards to being and praying like a child. Jesus was teaching his disciples. You imagine 12 burly men. A number of them were fishermen. They're men's men. I mean, we can all relate. And, and these manly men are walking along with Jesus, and he has to teach them some very simple lessons. These men are walking around, and if you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter number 9, I want you to see this for yourself in your Bibles. If not, it's on the screen for you to, to follow. Mark chapter 9 says this. And he's walking with his disciples, and it says, And they came to Capernaum. And it was a traveling altogether. And when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? That's a pretty normal question. What were you talking about as we were walking? Verse 34, but they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. A total normal man thing to do. You get a bunch of guys together, and they begin to compare themselves with other people, like, I'm the greatest. And they basically are talking about, in God's kingdom, I'm going to be the greatest, and definitely you're going to be the lowest. And they begin to compare each other with their ministry, and, and it was, I'm his favorite. And it wasn't just like, who could throw the rock the furthest. They were talking about things of spiritual uh, aspect. And Jesus did not miss this opportunity to teach them a lesson. He says, and he sat down and called the twelve. In other words, he goes, come sit down. Let me teach you a lesson. And he said to them, if anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of, of all. And then he uses a real practical visual illustration. He takes a young boy and he says in verse number 36, and he took a child and, and put him in the midst of them and taking him in his arms, he said to them, whoever receives one such child in my name receives me and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. In other words, we need to come to God in the simple, humble attitude, just like a child. We need to be teachable, just like a child. And these disciples heard this lesson by Jesus. They saw the visual illustration. They were embarrassed because they got called out for comparing each other who was going to be the greatest, but they didn't fully learn the lesson. Mark chapter 9 is where that's found. The next chapter, chapter number 10, he teaches them another lesson about being like a child. And he's here with a number of people around and the, you can imagine the crowds are all gathering in and then some children are coming to see Jesus as well and they want to be healed, they want to be touched, they want to be blessed by Jesus and the disciples are going, uh, you're only a child, get out of line, get out of the way of the adults. That's what happens here in Mark chapter 10 verse 13. And they were bringing children to him that he might touch them and the disciples rebuked them. And, he, and when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive 
the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he shall look and, and he took them in his arms and blessed them, saying and laying his hands on them. The disciples were still beginning to understand this concept of I need to be teachable. I need to be humble. I need to keep it simple rather than making my spiritual life so complex or it's not for children. He says, just be like a child, be teachable, be, keep it simple and be humble. Then in Luke chapter number 10, another passage. Now we're in Mark. Now go to the book of Luke chapter number 10. Jesus is, he sent out a number of people, 72 different people in 36 different groups. They're all in pairs and they go out to the surrounding areas and they're proclaiming the word of God and they're performing miracles in Jesus' name, casting out demons in Jesus' name, which is pretty remarkable. And they're coming, they come back to Jesus and they're encouraged, they're excited, and they finally understand what Jesus is actually talking about, about being like a child. And it says in verse number 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Go down to verse number 21. In that same hour, he, that is Jesus, rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you. This is a prayer of Jesus. I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding, and he revealed them to little children. Now, he's not saying these people are childish. What he's saying is these 72 that went out finally understand that we make things so big and so complex and so confusing, we need to make it simple. We need to be teachable. And we need to be humble in our lives. And this relates perfectly to our prayer life. You ever find that we come into our prayer life, we're not really teachable? We, over, we make it overly complex. We come with a great deal of pride instead of humility. The goal with our prayer life is not for us to get God's attention. It's actually for us to get to know God better. And as we get to know God better, he captures our hearts and our prayers begin to align with his will. And we are praying, not my will, but his will be done in our lives. As we look at our points this morning, I'm going to go through them very quickly. We have two points. The two points are this. Like a child, we come as you are. We come to Jesus as we are. When a child comes, they come as they are. In a sense, when they stink, they stink. When they're clean, they're clean. When they're dirty, they're dirty. And that's how we come to Jesus. When we come to God in prayer, we come like a child. We come as we are. It says in Matthew chapter number, and the second is, we come willing to change or willing to be moved by God, not stubborn and saying, God, you conform to my will. We say, you, we're going to allow you to change us and mold us and shape us. Matthew chapter number 11 is where we're going we're to be the rest of the, this morning. So the Matthew chapter number 11, Matthew and the book of Luke chapter 10, when the 72 people came back rejoicing, those are parallel passages. But Matthew chapter 11 gives a little more information. And Jesus continues on this thought. And after challenging them and encouraging them to be like little children, he says to this, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's what I've discovered in my own life. There's absolutely no success of Southwest Baptist Church apart from coming first and foremost to God coming to Jesus, and he's the one that's made the change. So therefore, he's the one that receives the glory, and he simply says, come. In a similar way with our prayer life, he's saying in our prayer life, come to me. So when we're praying, we're not praying to impress other people with our eloquence and our, and our great vocabulary. We're not seeking to pray to change God's mind. We're simply coming to God as we are. And that's our first point. Come as you are. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Can you relate that in your life? Are there areas in your life you can describe as these are just, this is just hard work. It's labor and I'm heavy laden. And in other words, I have this burden of life on my shoulders. There's areas of your life when you think to yourself, whether it's your health or your finances, your relationships, it's your future and the scariness of the unknown. And you may think to yourself, this is like labor and heavy laden on my shoulders. And Jesus says, come just as you are. The mindset of society says, fix yourself up first. Get rid of all your problems, then you'll be good enough to come before God. What we find in the Bible is the absolute opposite. Because therefore, when we look at our neighbors around us, those that sometimes annoy us, people we look at up, up, uh, in, around us and we go, those people do not have their lives all together at all. That's exactly who he's talking about, as well as you, who are heavy laden, who are burdened. That means you come to God in our inability rather than coming to Him in our ability. Something that as a as church family we've been so blessed with is faithful people who are giving. I remember in the very early days of our church, as in like the very, very beginning, when we started off our very first Sunday, we had 33 people in church, which was remarkable. And the next week we grew to like 20. <laughs> And as we, we needed some practical things because we were in a rented facility. We had speakers. We had other things to move around, and we needed a trailer. And I remember sharing that with the church as far as a need goes. As a family, we had given literally everything in our, our finances to help start the church. And so we were starting from scratch, and, and we were saying, God, we need about $3,000 for a trailer, the one that's covered so they can not get wet in the rain. Something that's covered. God, will you please provide? And I remember praying, God, will you please help us? And be honest with you, now as a church family, because of your faithfulness and how things are, we, we, we absolutely pray about things that are $3,000. But now our vision is so much bigger and grander and the, the impact is so much greater as a result. But you know, at that time, we're praying, God, will you please bless us with that. And you know what people did? They gave. They gave to the tithes and their offerings, and they gave to ch uh, into the church ministry, and we were able to buy a trailer that we still have today. If you ever need to borrow a trailer, we have one. And, but you know what's incredible about all that? At that time, we were saying, God, we don't have enough. You're, please, will you provide? And it drew us back to our knees. We came with our inability rather than our ability. We come to God messy in our weariness. 
We don't come to him in our strength. We come to him in our weakness and our weariness. It says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and thank God that he gives us the rest. When I think of our weariness, we, we think of, of, a, of like a child who's taking his very first steps. When you see a child taking their very first steps and you've seen them all, you know, people taking photos, and if you're a parent, you've definitely taken photos and you've been excited about your child's first steps. But in reality, they're not very good at it. Have you noticed when your children take their very first steps, they're very wobbly? And as a parent, you get down on your knees and you're excited with them and you, you draw them to you, you, you encourage them. You don't sit back and go, what's wrong with you? Why can't you walk very good? Yeah, why is your head so big that you're top heavy? Now, what's wrong with you? And you don't criticize the child. Your child's learning the ABCs. You celebrate that. It's when your teenager is learning them for the first time. You're like, no, you're too slow. But when your, when your young infant is learning their ABCs and learning how to talk, you get excited. My first, my, the first words of all three of my children, do you know what they were? I say this with pride, dada. And it wasn't mama, it was dada. Because I told them, like, the very first time I held them, say dada. But you, don't, you, you celebrate that. You don't go, you didn't say that right. You know, why are you walking so funny? In a similar way, when we come to God, he doesn't look at you and go, what's your life all messed up for? Why don't you have everything together? Why don't you have enough? I haven't, I've given you opportunities. Why haven't you taken them all? And the opposite, he says, come to me, you are weary. Come to me in your labor because I will give you rest. So we come as we are in our prayer. That right there should transform the way we look at things. Because oftentimes we go, God, it's me again. I'm coming to you in prayer, asking for your help again. As opposed to, God, you want to hear my prayers. You want me to come to you in my weakness as I am. Come with my inability. We also see when we come, we must come willing to change. Willing to change. It says in verse number 29 and 30, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He says, take my yoke upon you, and that's a picture, and he's using a visual illustration of a yoke that they put over the oxen to pull a plow. And he's calling this thing that would normally be incredibly heavy and difficult to carry and pull the plow along. He says, my yoke that I'm putting on your shoulders is comparatively easy and light because I'm the one actually doing the carrying. You know what's beautiful about this is that in our lives, we often think to ourselves, because of how I used to be, that's how I have to be in the future. Because of all the mistakes that I made, and you start thinking about all the mistakes and the failures and the sin that we've committed in our life, the things that we shouldn't have said and the things that we should have done that we didn't do, and we think to ourselves, because that's who I used to be, that's who I must be in the future. But what we find here is quite the opposite. When we come to God, we don't come to Him, and He's reminding us, remember all the times you failed? He's saying, Take my yoke upon you, which requires us to change. It requires us to also make a move that's not remaining the same. So therefore, our prayer life and something we'll be challenging you as a, as a church family through this series is we don't just pray and say, well, that was nice. I'm going to remain exactly who I always was. 
It's the opposite. This opens us up to take His yoke upon us. And compared to the, to the yoke and the burdens of life, He says, my, my yoke and my, my labor is comparatively easy and light because I'm the one really doing all the work. I'm just molding you and shaping you and moving you in this life. Do you know what that does for us? As we look at our community around us, it's incredibly overwhelming. We can't do that on our own, so therefore we have to be willing to change. And as God, as we pray to God through prayer, we come to Him and say, God, allow, I'm going to allow you to change me. I'm going to allow you to mold me. So maybe you're here today and you're thinking to yourself, in my life, and you begin thinking about all the things that you didn't do that you should have done, and all the things that you've done that you're embarrassed of, and you think, I hope these new people don't know anything about me. He knows all about you, and he still says, come to me, all who, are, um, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As we continue to develop this series, we're going to be challenging ourselves to look past the past and look forward to the future, to live a life that it would be described as a praying life. Not a life that's self-reliant, but is God-reliant. And I look forward to the future and seeing how God will bless us in the future. We know the past, we celebrate the past, and we look forward to the future. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and the musicians are going to come. But something that I failed to do, and this is actually a little bit, you have a little bit of, of direction, I should have done this earlier, is as we, as we, we pray, it says on the screen, the, the closer I grow to God, the more I will pray. I'm going to challenge you. Rather than just go, we're done. It's sunny outside. Excellent cake time. Let's just take a moment and commit ourselves from the very, I should have done this in the very beginning, but commit ourselves now to say, God, what do you want to do in my life? How can I grow closer to you in my prayer life? How can I come to you as I am? And how can I come to you willing to change? And as I pray, I'm going to challenge you to pray silently along with me. And we'll stand in a moment. The musicians will come. We'll sing a song of celebration. We'll have some announcements at the end, and then we'll be out of here. But we don't want to miss this moment. We don't want to miss for another, another week just to go through the motions of church. Why don't you stand with me as we pray?